Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Have a little chat then. Have a chat. We've got a laser disc episode coming up. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Let's blow off the laser disc. Set that up. Yeah. Top loading laser disc. <sighs> Love it. I, I, I think so I think much. I like 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 my laser display. What I like about it is they put the laser discs in uh, vertically. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's like it's like putting it into a shredder, which is yeah. kind of like I'd like yeah. to do. Yeah, maybe but, maybe we should do that at some point. But okay, shred all the laser. We discs. can move on to the DVD after that, and that's all right. Yeah, it'll be good and crisp. Yeah. to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And I said continuous in that bit last week. Did you? Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know how it happened. I still I got through I it. Have, I think I might remember. I was like, that didn't sound exactly I still got through it, triply. Yeah. But I said the wrong word. Oh. Well. So, you know, back to square one, I guess. Like, yeah, well, let, 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 let's scrap the last two years of this podcast and call <laughs> Sorry, it done. It's done and dust, <laughs> done and dusted, the whole thing. Uh, so, That's goodbye from me. So uh, there's been a picture of a big black hole, big orange black hole. Yes, I saw that. And uh, James Moore, long-time listener, first-time yeah. caller, yeah. Uh, has uh, suggested, due to its orangeness and roundness, which is how we've always depicted the portal, it is. that possibly, like Sauron's eye... This thing has opened in the sky because, I mean, they only just announced Space Jam 2. And then they suddenly. Have. And then, ooh, black hole. Well, no, it's not. It's the port. So, do you think NASA have been looking for this as well? I hope not because, like, we they've, been around, on board. they've been around longer than we have. And, yeah, like, I, know, I know, but I reckon we could get NASA on board. You reckon they'd be on side? Uh, yeah, I reckon, I reckon we can get try and get some good NASA dollar. You don't reckon they're under the thumb, as it were? Yeah. Uh, if they're going to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, NASA. Um, NASA. Under- can you please sponsor us? Yeah, famously underfunded NASA. Fund huh? Space Jam continues. Yeah, I know, I know. But the thing is, is they're underfunded because they're trying to make billion dollar rockets. Like we need not a billion dollars. Like I don't know, a million dollars. I take that. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Like, and that's that's not a lot for a billion dollar uh, NASA. Is yeah. It? Uh, well, we'll send them an email after this. Yeah, just, you know, like, try and cut the corners on those spaceships a little bit. Uh, like, I don't know, maybe... It might go faster if you cut the corners as yeah. well. Make it more aerodynamic, which is what you need in space. <laughs> it's just getting to space, it, really. Yeah. Because really, that's, a lot of fuel cost. that's all they're about, really, isn't it? So, I don't know if you thought about that, but just cut some yeah, corners. just cut, cut, cut some of the edges off, try not to make them so angular. Yeah. It's always a bit blocky um, with you lot. It's never, it's never like this, you know... Don't make the flash as fancy. Yeah. Just, you, could, you could probably save some money there. Send yeah. that to us. They, they just you, you probably don't need a, like an immobilizer on it or anything uh, like that. Maybe start selling some of your old rockets on eBay. <laughs> your old, <laughs> old bits of rocket. Someone, someone, someone will, will, someone will put them together into a into a rocket, into a functioning rocket. So you know, just just have a think about it, and then you know, once you've scrimped and saved a bit, just. Call us up. Yeah, and go, here, do you want some cash? And we'll be like, yes, thank you very much, yeah. NASA. You can find nice, us. nice picture of the portal you have. Yeah, so when you've done that, you can find us on Twitter, NASA uh, at TSJ Community. Yeah. 
Um, we'll be there, ready and waiting with our awesome social media powers. So while we wait for that, uh, yeah, th- thanks James for the heads up about this uh, this this sky dread portal. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, but right now, we've got to keep an eye on something else. We do. Uh, the uh, endless feud between Bugs Bunny and uh, Yosemite Sam. We've got the laser disc going on here. Yeah, I've got the laser disc. Yeah. Uh, but the other two, like, I only have to suffer it for the first cartoon today. <laughs> so uh, we're going to jump straight in at a Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam number. It's called The Fair Haired Hair from April 14th, 1951. Let's do this. classic feud episode then yeah i mean like this one they seem to be forced to get along like you know by the courts yeah so the episode starts with bugs well as as is common in these episodes bugs in his hole singing a song yeah chucking bits of carrot out really getting into this do you think he's trying to start an album like get a band on the go yeah he's doing uh was it home in the range i think so yeah uh he was singing something Something classic. Something. But, but he had his hall open to the yeah, skies. He, yeah, he's, he's open to the skies. He's enjoying himself. Uh, and then uh, a load of identical builders yeah. come and build a shack really quickly over his hole. Yeah, because I, I don't think any of that was time-lapse. I think they managed no, we to get that seen, house up in 15 seconds. We haven't seen uh, like building efficiency of, on that level since episode two. Yeah. Like with the, with the monkey mayor and the... He wasn't the mayor. He wasn't the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> he was the building commissioner. He was the building commissioner. The monkey mayor. And yeah, you, know, you know the monkey mayor. The building commissioner. Yeah. Yeah. A classic character. Space yeah. Jam continual character. The monkey mayor. He was there and like Porky and uh, what was his name? Digger? Um, yeah, I think it might have been. I'm, oh, Jesus, that's so long ago. It was long ago. Well, I, I think f- it's something like Digger. We'll have a look before we watch the, the next episode. And they race to build a building, and it's yeah. really quick. Well, because because that's where the rabbit came in as well. The first time, the first time yeah. we saw that rabbit built with his ears. Uh, but that was but this this was all humans. And they were all yeah. identical. So I think you know we might be in a minor Clone Watch situation here. Yeah, but but not it's not a Hector situation. No, no, no. It's not character. It's not that, characters. So. And I I'm not concerned that these guys are going to be trying to take over anything. I think no. I think they've just been employed to build houses quick. Yes, uh, and uh, Yosemite Sam moves into the house. Uh, and uh, that's where the source of the feud comes in. Yes. Bugs is like, oh, you've built on my property. Yeah. Uh, and he takes it to the highest court, which is all the way up a mountain. Yeah, it's like six, 60,000 feet or yeah, 6,000 feet. It, it's, it's bloody high. It's a lot like that bit in The Simpsons where they go and see the owner of the Quickie Mart. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's a hell of a trek. But um, yeah, they go up there and the court decrees that they have to live under one roof. But if one of them passes away, then the other one inherits the whole property. And that's the that's the that's the premise of the episode. Yeah. Now, Bugs wouldn't normally just resort to just going, OK, well, I'll go and I'll go. I'll take this to court. Yeah, that is odd. Now, recently, he's been in a lot of just feud with Yosemite Sam episodes. Yeah. And it's been a long time since his carrot supply has diminished, meaning that he's actually got to do something. Um, yeah, that's true. So, like, he's been just chilling out and mostly just having a feud with Yosemite Sam over a long period of time. Yeah. I'm wondering if carrots somewhat subdue his powers. Because <coughs> we already des- decided that future bugs basically fills up his carrot supply. Yeah. Uh, and if it diminishes, he knows that, you know, he's got, he's got a job to do. A, yeah. doc- a Doctor Who-esque, like, you know, this point in time. Yeah. 
like is important uh, type deal. That hasn't happened to him for a long time. No, it hasn't. And in this episode, he just like there's just no tune powers going on. Like they right at the end, just about I would say there was probably some level of tune powers, but I mean the thing is he, he was looking, he was starting to look quite rough. Like when he got up in the morning, yeah, like he was starting to look quite rough. But the thing is, is why do you think future bugs? is subduing past bugs as powers i don't think future bugs knows that that's the case because we know that bugs like, do you not think he would realize though do you know like, because that like that you know the more character he eats the less powerful he is but it's still gonna future bugs is still happening in 45 years well that's true like, and and and, do and you he's th- like do you think as he gets older his powers become more potent and actually having carrots don't subdue his powers so he's you know, he's kind of forgot that that's a thing. Well, I know, but like maybe just one carrot, it's not that bad. But like because there's been a long time where he's just been much because he's like munching so many carrots. He, yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah, the last couple of episodes we've seen him, he's chucking them away. And let us not forget, the bugs was given his powers by a genie. Yeah, that's now true. a genie loves a caveat. They do love a caveat, or maybe this genie happens to love a carrot. Yeah, well, both probably. But like, it, like I, I wouldn't put it like cause we haven't really seen much limitation to bugs's. Not really, no. I mean, because like, 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 like we saw just after he got his powers, that his powers were growing slightly because he, he was discovering more. But it was that, you know, because his wish was to be the most powerful bunny on Earth. Yeah, he didn't specify much beyond that. No. Um, so, obviously, you know, the genie very possibly could have put that little, like, okay, well, you can be. The one thing you love yeah, is will the be thing your that, downfall. Yeah, is like, the thing that's going to, you know, hurt you. So... Ooh. I mean, so Bugs was had to resort in this to just taking it to the high court, and like all the all the stuff him and Yosemite Sam were doing to each other was like quite quite grounded, really. Yeah, well, they the, hit like, each other with a mallet a couple of times. Yeah, you know, and it was the sort of classic sort of poison glasses rotating table sort yeah, of situation. Yeah. That wasn't poison he put in his glass up. No, it was rocket fuel or something. Yeah. Um, and in the end, uh, Yosemite Sam puts a load of dynamite under the house where Bugs' hole is. Yeah, uh, and it just blows the house into the sky, and Bugs is left like the hole is the only thing intact. And yeah. I think it's because he made this hole a long time ago, and it's still somewhat guarded by the temporal powers. Uh, yeah, powers. Uh, but he had no control over it. He retreated in there because it ended up like sort of like a like a termite nest. Like, yeah, just a long tube, or like a, a comedy volcano, or like a comedy volcano. Yeah, and then the whole foundation, of the house, was what got blown up. Mm. Um, so last we saw of Yosemite Sam was him flying to the sky, but I think Bugs was only protected by jumping into the hole, which he presumably created long ago. Yeah, do you, do, do you reckon he closed the door? Like, like, do, do, do you think it's like the TARDIS? Because you, you, know, you know the TARDIS, once the door is closed, it's pretty much entirely protected, isn't it? Yeah. So, so do you think like when he closes the door on his hole, yeah, but I'm it, wondering it, if he that's has... that's what gains that's what gives it that sort of protection. But I'm wondering if that's even even an option he has. I mean, I would assume he had a door on it. Because he retreated to the hole, whereas... He did. Bugs, full power bugs, were just retreating to the ground. Like, just... just yes, yeah, yeah. Go, just, just melt Just sink in. into the yeah. soil. <laughs> like, so yeah, I'm wondering, like, there's a chance that this might be a crux moment where he realises that he can't just... Be munching carrots all the time. munching carrots all the time. But until he notices... Yeah. Future bugs kind of can't. Yeah, that's true. So I'm wondering if we'll see an amendment to the system or if we're, like... but. Yeah, I mean, we don't see bugs for a little while now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ho- like, hopefully we'll make that connection. But I'm reasonably happy with that as a premise. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it makes sense. It fits because- with the genie. It fits with 
future bugs's sort of system but at some point that's going to have to change it fits with why bugs has been using less and less of his tune powers and yeah. been locked into this sort of fruitless well it's because it, 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 it's quite similar like in uh, in skyrim if your character becomes a vampire yeah like the more the more blood you drink the less vampiric powers you have and the more human you look whereas the more starved you are are the more powerful you are the, but less the more vampiric you, have, you can't you subdue those powers yeah like like you, you, you know, become you, sort of ravenous, ravenous and beast-like. Yeah. So, so, so possibly, like you know, if he starves himself, because he might carrot, need the carrots. And maybe if he doesn't have carrots, it's it's just really bad the other way. Yeah. Right. Like, he needs to keep it on a on a level. He needs to maintain a buzz. Yeah. Find the buzz. Maintain yeah. the buzz. Two and a half carrots. <laughs> just cruising. <laughs> just cruising. <laughs> It's not uh, about peaks and troughs. It's, no, it's, you'll be on a steady line. You, you'll be a mess, folks. Exactly. Just, just have, a, have a look at yourself. <laughs> I mean, he did. He looked rough. He did. Yeah. He, he had a 5am five, five shadow. Uh, shall we move on, then? I think it's probably not a bad idea. We've got Charlie, who we like. I do like Charlie. Char- Charlie's normally pretty good. Uh, his, his usual procedure is to just try and find an owner. That's his normal bit and piece. I think it's probably going to be pretty much the same. Isn't uh, it? This one's called A Hound for Trouble, which doesn't uh, doesn't quite sound like it's going to be the same exact format as the Charlie episodes. Do you think he's going to do his uh, so saying hello to The Charlie episodes, I just remembered the Charlie books from the bush and I had a little <laughs> giggle to myself. But do you reckon he's going to be saying hello to everything like he normally does? Oh yeah, I hope so. Hello, that's his, his, that's his mo. I do like that. <laughs> like, well, let's find out. We're watching a hound for trouble. It's a Charlie episode from 18, uh, April twenty eighth, uh, nineteen fifty one. Uh, some DVD. This one. Let's I, get the DVD. Let's get the D- <laughs> Fuck this lazy. Uh, on a moonlight bay. Uh, it was hard to source this one, but I managed to get it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's easier than all the laser discs. It was easier than the laser discs. And more worthwhile. So Charlie's from Brooklyn now. Yeah, <laughs> that's news. Yeah, his voice changes quite regularly. But yeah, I think I, I've always put it down. This is the most drastic change in one go, I think. It's yeah. changed quite a lot over time. But I, I, I've always put it down to basically... Because he's always looking for a new master. Yeah. And this one's no different. I've always put it down to just, okay, I've gonna, I'm going to have to change tack a bit. And, and rather than changing his personality, he changes, changes his. Well, I think his personality is so very strong, and, and so very good because he's so different uh, voice-wise here, but he's still so definitely Charlie. Yes, yeah, he still does that, like you know, instant cute puppy look. Yeah, like just trying to find a master, and he is. He's trying to find a master. He's uh, he's been a stowaway on a boat, and he's ended up in Italy. Uh, the captain was like, "I thought I threw you out in Peru." And he, then he, he, he was, plays the race card. Yeah, he was sunning himself. He's like, what are you, a dark hater? <laughs> He's sunning himself like on Joe, the deck. More like Joe Pesci. <laughs> he didn't like, sound that much like He Joe didn't Pesci. sound that much like Joe Pesci. <laughs> um, what are you, a dark hater? <laughs> um, yeah, so he ends up in, uh, like, cruising about looking for another master. Um, and he suddenly realises he is in Italy at some point. Yeah. Um, he says there's a lot of immigrants. Yeah, I know. It's like, that, right, okay. a good line. It was a good bit. Just a lot of immigrants here, but we're in <laughs> Rome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's not in Rome. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, uh, he's definitely out in the sticks somewhere. Yeah. So he ends up um, kind of just moving into this restaurant where he walks in while the restaurant owner's got his back turned and he's cooking, writes his name on a bowl. Which is the- Charlie Dog. Yeah. No, I cannot the- stress that enough. His surname <laughs> is Dog. 
<laughs> he puts his bowl on the floor and then goes and like plumps up a bag of flour and just starts sleeping on the flour and coughs lightly to get the to get the owner's attention as if like you've got a dog now. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But the owner the owner's not pleased with this. Uh the so he tries to kick Charlie out. Yeah. Uh, Charlie just dresses as a waiter and decides he's waiting in this restaurant now. Yeah, well, because the, the owner's out for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes. Yeah. Spelt uh, M-I-N-O-O-T-S-A, which uh, gave us a good giggle for a while. <laughs> I don't know why that hit us both so hard. But, but it, 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 it was did. good. It was just hilarious to see it that way. It's <laughs> yeah. like, wow. <laughs> wow, okay, that's what we're doing. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he ends up with uh, one customer that comes in. And obviously, Charlie, not speaking a word of Italian, uh, can't get what this person wants. But I think kind of no, does he, get it. But he does. He does speak Italian, not, or at least, or at least he can perfectly mimic what was ordered. Like, yes. which is really, really long and complicated. Yeah, but I mean, you know, being able to mimic what is said and understanding is completely. But I think that's why he came up and went. Now nah, we haven't got. And reels it off. We haven't got that. He looks at the camera, though, like, through that whole thing. Like, he's yeah. really pleased with himself, which I thought was interesting. Like... Maybe he's just shown off his good memory. Well, there's... St- like... Well, the thing is, like, a lot of characters who we know have, like, had a glimpse into sort of the more grandiose machinations of the portal and yeah. things like that. Like, I expect them to occasionally sort of uh, engage with us. But... I don't know, Charlie just, like, he doesn't often, like, he talks, like, he, he monologues. Yeah, yeah. But we haven't seen, like, much, like, knowing direct interaction. No, that's Whereas true. that, like, when he was just reeling off the Italian, he just looks you right dead in the eye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> doing it. Yes, yes, you are, Charlie. Yes, I am. Like, and it's like, so he's got, he's got some level of awareness of, of the viewer. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, in... In more incidental characters, which Charlie still sort of is, like he's a named character, but like, yeah, but he's not. But he's not a big player. He's really, not a is classic he? pantheon no. sort of no. character. It's 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 odd to see that level of awareness. Yeah, and wondering if there's more to Charlie than meets the eye. Well, I hope so because I, I do like Charlie as a character. Um, but I mean, at the end of like basically the guy, the the customer ends up running away um, because he's just sick of Charlie, basically, and then the owner comes back. Uh, Charlie does a bit of a show going, you know, what we need here is a bit of a floor show, puts some money in the jukebox, starts doing a song, and the owner just gives up. He's like, right, fine, yes, you can be my dog, you can go and live <laughs> yeah. in the house. And he and Charlie's like, carry me. And so the owner picks him up, carries him, as far as Charlie is concerned, home. Yeah. Or he's going to be carrying him home. And he walks him to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and then, you know, goes, oh my God, the tower's going to fall on that house. And just puts Charlie underneath and goes, hold that, I'll go get some help. Charlie does. Yeah, tremendous sense of duty. Yeah. Like, doggedly you know, he holds would be, that tower. He would be a good dog if someone would take him. Yeah. And then the guy just runs off and starts making... But it's like, how long's Charlie going to stay there? Well, I mean, I don't think we'll find that out until the next Charlie episode. I so think- I think we're going to have to leave Charlie on a bit of a cliffhanger. Well, I mean, is he going to get squashed by the tower? Because that tower was leaning a lot more than the Tower of Pisa actually leans. That was a good 45 degree angle. Yeah, it was a really leaning Tower of Pisa. An absurdly leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah. So, I mean, I am concerned that Charlie's going to be there for quite a while. Or do you reckon the person who owns the house that it was, that it was going to flatten is just going to come out and go, what are you, what are you doing? Like, 
it's not falling over. It's always it's been like, like people that. only normally do that sort of stuff when someone's taking a picture. Yeah. But from a distance, so yeah. you know, so it just looks. I have seen uh, this is completely off topic. I did see a really funny video where there was like people doing that sort of thing, and somebody just running up and high fiving them. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it. I was like, "Yep, that's some funny stuff." <laughs> well done, you. Uh, let's check in with Hector then. He's our, okay. He's a he's our our last port of call for this episode. Uh, we don't. There's not much to go on in the title. It's called Early Tibet. Uh, and it's a Hector number from May 12th, 1951. I really have no idea what this could be, so I think we should just uh, get jump right, right in. There. Yeah. Claude there, not getting a name check in the list. Yeah, it's it was a bit of a weird one, because it's definitely claws like we've seen um a similar sort of makeup to this episode before uh in how yeah. hector and claude interact with each other because hector definitely seems to enjoy torturing claude a lot yeah i mean last time he had a load of sort of stuff set up i don't know how much he was meant to be protecting the hummingbird and how much he just liked uh sort of uh tormenting claude but yeah, because it was time, the, not it was... the happy birthday. That, that, like, so um, our, the episode we did um, about it uh, was episode 28 from season two uh, called Not a Happy Birthday. And that, yeah. in that episode, we had uh, the It's Hummer time from, I think it was July 51, I think. Oh, sorry, yeah. July, uh, July 1950. July, 1950, yeah, because yeah. we're not in July 50. Well, no, yet. no, we're not. Um, um, but I... Yeah, he had a load of like standard setups that Claude was very aware of. Yeah. Now that seems to have escalated by this point. There's a big wheel that Claude spins. Yeah. There's a filing cabinet that he goes through and finds the punishment. He knows far more of these punishments yeah. now. So it, it so in this episode, uh it opens up with um the gambling bug. And that's an actual bug. He's an actual bug, yeah. And when it bites you because I'm wondering now if there's an alcoholism bug. Probably, I like think it for, lives on Sylvester. And it, lives, and it lives with Sniffles and Sylvester. Yeah. Like so, so I don't know if there's more gambling bugs kicking about, but this one, uh, particularly, it seems to when it bites you, it gives you um, like you know half an hour of you know just wanting to gamble. Then it has to bite you again because yeah. Claude gets bitten several times. Now the bug, because I think it's just one instance. The bug bites you, yeah. and you, you, you know, you just get a taste and. The, but the bug seems to see itself as a superhero. So, yeah, he's um, like, this Hector's, is a job for the gambling bug. Yeah, Hector's gone along like with his cards, and he, gr- he goes under the house, grabs Claude from under the house, and says, let's have a game of penalties. And he's like, yeah. no, no, I hate penalties. I hate playing penalties with you. And he just goes off, and that's when the bug goes, this seems like a job for the gambling bug. Goes up, bites Claude. Claude immediately is like, yep. Let's play. Like I got like deal me some cards. Let's play. And he's like, "What do you want to play?" Like, they play gin, like gin like, rummy. Yeah, gin rummy for penalties. But the penalties is very similar to that previous episode. Yeah. Like except that it's more formalized now. There's a big wheel with numbers on it. There's a filing cabinet with numbers, lum- yeah. numbered files, and Claude has to dig out his own penalty. Um, but Hector's cheating. Now, obviously. Like I, I was gonna say, like, do we do we actively see him cheating? No, we don't actively see him cheating. But but he wins three times in a row. And the first time he deals himself a hand, 
He just has gin straight away. There's a chance he's cheating, but at the same time, like, Hector goes, like, no, I'm going to stop before you kill yourself. Like, after, like, three runs. Yeah. So I do think Claude just has bad luck. I mean, it's possible, but... The gambling bug is surprised. Hector stops him. He goes, no, we're not doing this anymore. Do you think Hector's walked in front of his own reflection? Well, it's interesting, because at the very start of this, although in some shots he was like a two-toed Clone Watch-style Hector... But at the start uh, he had three, didn't he? But, uh, but, yeah, I, I... we're pretty much operating on... If you see him with three at any point in the episode, it's, it's real-life yeah. Hector. Other than that, it's just angles. Otherwise, it's the, you know, bird hybrid clone. Yeah. Um, so, I think this was legit Hector. And as we saw in the... Uh, in the one the other week with the fox... Yeah. Like, he has a limit where he doesn't want to just torture someone anymore. Yeah. Like, even if he does it at the start... It's like, past a, he, he likes there to be a conclusion. So he, he likes it like, to be I do think, still seen as a joke. Well, I think he's, again, I think he, he likes to teach a lesson. Because let's not forget that real Hector is reformed, uh, is reformed after a life of crime. That is true. Now, I think he likes to teach people lessons kind of the hard way. But, like, he doesn't like to see it so going out So it's a sink or hand. swim situation. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, with the fox, it's like, you know, he knew from the off that that, that was the fox. Obviously, not a, yeah. Not and a terrier. And, and a terri- not a terrier. And, uh, like, he just wants to teach him a lesson the hard way. Um, mm. And then this time round, it's like, you know, he's teaching Claude a lesson about gambling the hard way. I just don't think he is, though. That's the thing. Because it wasn't really his fault. The gambling bug kept, kept biting him, really. But I kind of feel like... Because you don't he, set that whole elaborate thing up yeah, just to my, teach someone a lesson. Yeah, but I think the previous episode, he'd been teaching him a lesson, right? Yeah. And it took a long time for him to teach Claude the lesson. But at the start of this episode, Claude had learned the lesson. Yeah. He doesn't want to play penalties. He's like, no, I'm not getting involved in this anymore. Yeah. No, I'm done. And it's only the gambling bug who got him back involved. Yeah. But I mean, in the last episode, in, in, in the It's Hummer time, like, they weren't gambling. No, but uh, Claude was, like, because Hector, I had presumed in that bit, was there to sort of guard the park from this sort of situation. Because I yeah. got the impression it was a park. There was a little bird buff. He was chasing a hummingbird. Yeah. Hector's there to just make sure, you know, all the... All order the, is kept. Order is kept. Like, like, as is his role pretty much anywhere he gets a job. Yeah. He, he's, he's security. He is normally, he's normally um, the muscle on site, isn't he? So that's what I presumed he was doing there. Yeah. And then Claude kept trying to get that hummingbird. And it's just like, you really do push your luck to the ends of the earth, don't you? you you've really got to stop. Like, yeah, I mean, like, otherwise you're going to hurt yourself. I do, like, I, 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 I do feel a bit sorry for Claude in this one because, you know, it was against his will. Well, absolutely, because he was bitten by the gambling bug. Now, let's get to that. Why yeah. does the gambling bug think he's doing good? Because the gambling bug basically sees Claude refuse to gamble and, and just goes... This looks like a job for the gambling bug. Like yeah. as if, like as if, like it was. It absolutely could not stand. Have Have you seen or read the Hogfather? Uh, yes. Maybe it's like that. Yeah, I can kind of with see the that. god of hangovers and the tooth fairy, and you know, and you know that uh, the Veruca gnome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, like, like maybe it's like you know, like they they come into existence, and they believe that you know if they're there for that reason, that's that's what they're doing. You know, so the so the gambling bug 
You yeah, because I guess it, the gambling probably term. isn't operating in society generally. No. So he's like he's got a completely different frame of reference. Yeah, he, I imagine he, that's what he is. He is the gambling bug. Like you know, he takes his job very. Yeah, it's seriously. like a demon. It's like this is your task. Yeah. Like this is your job entirely. But but, but the thing is, it's not just that it's his life. That's what he is. He is a gambling bug. It's, it's but that's like what I mean. It's like yeah. It's like yeah. That's what I mean. It's like a demon. It's yeah. like you have been created for this purpose and this purpose alone. Yeah. If you stop fulfilling this purpose, you don't exist. Yeah. So I'm thinking potentially it's a bit of a Terry Pratchett esque sort of you know like there's only there's a but then they don't feel like they're heroes in that and nor do they but like uh, I I do you think it's just the way the gambling bug frames it to himself to just yeah. de- just to deal with it but the thing is that like if you if you if you have a job and you're like yeah and you feel like it is your sense of purpose you know that's what that's why you exist. You're obviously going to feel like you're you're a hero for doing it. Like, yeah, yes, no, I'm but awesome like, does this. he? No, but my point is, does he feel like he's a hero for doing it, or uh, does he know that it's not great for people, but ultimately knows that he will disappear from existence if he doesn't do it? Yeah, I suppose. Because the thing is, to just... deal with that in his own mind, he's framed it like this sort of superhero thing. Yeah, because the thing is, he does just go. This looks like a job for like. He doesn't really kind of, you know, uh, I'm saving him from himself here. It's just like this. This is this is the sort of job. But he does. He is on his day off. Apparently, he's like even a gambler bug needs a vacation. Well, the thing is though, like the only person I can see in the scenario who the gambling bug could possibly think he is saving is Hector from a lonely afternoon of not gambling. And where do you think uh, the gamble away uh, group come into this? Like, 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 do you reckon they're they're just like hunting the bugs? Are they like another another colony of bugs? Potentially. Gamble away are actually just a colony of um, gambling bug eating bugs. Like, there's got, because, I mean, if he's going to frame himself like a superhero, he must think there's some super villain. Yeah, of course. And you think it's the gamble away? I think it's the gamble away organization, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you think they fight, uh, fight on a similar terms to him, or do you think they fight with pure bureaucracy? Well, I don't know, because, I mean, the thing is, like, he, when he bites someone, he clearly injects something into... So, so maybe they just, like, you know, maybe they do inoculations or some sort of anti-venom. Yeah. Something like that. Work in one of these these labs, yeah. you know, similar to the uh, the Cinecolor labs. Yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, throw, we'll, see, we'll see if we see some... Uh, <laughs> Some opposing bugs come up. I'm hoping we see the gambling bug again because oh, I quite liked him. Yeah, I quite liked him. And uh, we didn't see him get quite get pummeled with the uh, evening close, post though. at the end. Was close because uh, he was like, "No, not the post." Yeah, that's that's a heat. So he's clearly because he wanted Claude to win. He was like, "There's no way he can be this unlucky," and, and he kept biting him, hoping that he was going to win against Hector. Because the thing is, like, I get the impression that the way, like, he just needs him to have a win, then he doesn't need to bite them again. Yeah. Whereas he has to keep biting them if they lose all the time. So I don't think it's a half an hour thing. I think he bites someone, totally, and yeah. if they win, yeah. then like it's per- it's permanently there now. Yeah, they've it's got like, the back gambling bug. Yeah, yeah. That, so is that why most casinos are set up so like the first time you go in, you kind of leave a bit of a winner. Yeah, yeah. But Interesting. Like, because they they've only got a finite amount of venom. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, ah. and they have to replenish. Yeah, he was, he must have been getting tuckered out by the end there. He I must have been because he he's only small. He is only a little one. Uh, so there's the gambling bug there for you. Uh, Hector, you know, still, like, I don't know, his morality is really questionable. And, like, like he seems to have a limit, but at the same time, like, why does he start these escapades? He uh, is very big on capital punishment. 
He like yeah, I mean, but that's clearly how he learned. Yeah, and I think he thinks he grew it, up on the streets. He, he grew thinks it will work for everyone. Um, but what turned him around? Yeah, was the violence and his relationship with Sylvester. Yeah, like they. Yeah, you know, well, we're just gonna have to keep an eye on him, really. I think. Yeah, I, I don't want him to go fully off the rails. No, not do I. Uh, we're gonna leave it there then for uh, this week. Uh, we so we can open next week with a good, you know. The big one. Big player. Yeah. Big player sort of episode. Because uh, there's, bu- there's a whole bunch of them in that. There is. It's been a while since we've had that sort of density of characters. So you've got that to look forward to. Hopefully we'll, uh, you know, really make some progress. Oh, I hope so. Um, but until then, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, please, please leave us a review and rating. Uh, or if not, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, if that's put an a option. rating there, but bung that up there. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, just tell people about the show because we we don't we don't pay for advertising. At, like we we do some some advertising swaps with other people occasionally, but uh, mostly you know it's just word of mouth. So word if you enjoy the mouth. show, uh, tell some other people about it because you know if you like it, then people you like will probably like it as well. You hope so. I would hope so. Not all of them. No, not every single. Like you one. probably like. like your, I, you probably I, like. I, your I, man, I have people but, I like, and they don't. Listen. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you, you tried. I did try. So, yeah, like, if you enjoy it, please just tell people about it because, uh, you know, it, it, it gets the word out. It does. Um, we're going to leave you with uh, Roy Rogers, uh, a little Roy Rogers number, because uh, at the start of the Bugs and Yosemite Sam episode, Yosemite Sam was singing a song about not being able to get a little doggy. Yeah. Uh and then we've, it was quickly followed up with a Charlie episode of a little doggy looking for an owner. They need to get together. They need to get together. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't find a full version of the song Yosemite Sam was singing, but we did find another one called Get Along Little Doggies. Uh, for, it looked like it was from a, you know, a 40s film. Yeah. Uh, Roy Rogers is there with a bunch of his cowboy <laughs> buds playing cards. And they break Busted into this, song, this yeah. little number, Get Along Little Doggies. Uh, so uh, we'll leave you with that. And until next week, bye! One morning for pleasure, a spider cow puncher all riding alone. His hat was thrown back and his spurs were jingling. And as he approached, he was singing this song. Whoopie tie, I oh, get along, little doggies. It's your misfortune and none of my own. Whoopie tie, I oh, get along, little doggies. You know that Wyoming will be your new home. It's early. Spring that we round up the doggies, we mark them and brand them and bob off their tails. Round up the horses, load up the chuck wagon, then throw the doggies out on the north trail. Whoopie tie, yo, get along, little doggies. It's your misfortune and none of my own. Whoopie tie, yo, get along, little doggies. You know that Wyoming will be your new home. Your mother was raised way down in Texas where the gyms and weeds and the sandbirds grow. We'll fill you up on prickly pear and choya until you are ready for Idaho. Whoopie tie, I oh, get along, little doggies. It's your misfortune and none of my own. Whoopie tie, I oh, get along, little doggies. You know that Wyoming will be your new home.
<laughs> See what it is. 